Good morning, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Thrupier, on another thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday, friends, Torch Report 354, Understanding the Infodemic, how the globalists are exploiting, hmm, excuse me, are exploiting public confusion by government censorship. The question is, who do you trust? Do you trust the government? Do you trust the World Health Organization? Who do you trust? Do you trust social media? Do you trust Facebook? Do you trust the fact checkers? Who do you trust, friends? That's what the government really wants to know. Much of the public has become less trusting of the old vanguard institutions like the CDC, the NIH, public health officials in general, the government in general, and for good damn reasons, because they've been lying through their teeth. They've been caught lying through their teeth repeatedly, pushing a sinister agenda that lines the pockets of pharmaceutical companies while simultaneously wreaking havoc on the health and well-being of humanity. That's the situation that we've seen playing out here. And yet there is a concerted global effort to convince you once again that these lying shysters are the sole sources of legitimate information on everything related to public health and safety. They claim that COVID was the catalyst that spurred the need to research new ways of controlling emerging public perceptions in real time at the global level. Uh, that's what the infodemic's all about. How they manage the infodemic is by controlling emerging public perceptions globally. Uh, they like to say again that it was from COVID, but I've previously documented this blossoming new science of infodemics actually originated in political censorship. Keep that in mind. We'll circle back to that a little bit later in the report here. But the reality of the situation, friends, is that any and all efforts to mitigate the so-called infodemic are ultimately attempts to institute and legitimize state censorship. By labeling misinformation as a threat to public health and safety, the globalists have rationalized their efforts to control the flow of information. And having sufficiently convinced themselves and the world's useful idiots that this censorship is necessary to keep people safe, now they're working very hard on building out the framework to establish global policies, uh, basically global censorship policies at the federal, state and local levels. Those policies enshrine state censorship as a means of making sure that humanity never, ever, ever questions the government again. <laughs> ah, you see, friends, they are building actively building trust. They are building consensus. They are building capacity. They are building networks and systems that use advanced AI to conduct social listening that informs their efforts to, to facilitate behavioral change. Now, while much of the talk about this, you know, infodemic, they're talking about, you know, overcoming vaccine hesitancy. Right. Like, oh, the reason people aren't getting their vaccines is because of misinformation. And of course, we know that that's a farce, but still they come at it from that angle. But the same principles of overcoming uh, vaccine hesitancy or misinformation that causes vaccine hesitancy 
The same principles and a logic can be applied to stimulate behavioral change in other areas as well, as, such as shifting voting trends and, and the outcome of elections, you know, convincing people that Joe Biden, the sock puppet, he's going to do great. You know, he's he's the best person to lead the free world. All of that, friends, the, the impact and the importance of this issue cannot be overstated. With the uh, the recent firing of Tucker Carlson, we were talking about here recently. That was a, just a, you know that was a prime time smack in the face. It's a perfect example of the media being brought to heel to protect the narrative. And of course, that's all the squawk out there on the news platforms. Which today we're not getting into the news today because it's not news. It's just narrative and it's crap. You know, we're going to focus instead on the bigger issue here that our our cultural revolution has now entered the disturbing phase of public purging. Of course, Tucker Carlson, he's not going to have any problem reaching his audience on a different platform there. But there's a there's a bigger issue here that most people seem to have missed by removing Tucker Carlson and his dissenting commentary from primetime television. The global cabal has forced him to engage more directly via online networks. And therein lies their dirty little trick, friends. The infodemic is being managed with algorithmic social interventions, which is essentially, of course, you know, if you've been with me, you've heard this before. Hey, if you've read Hackable Animals, you've you've definitely dug into this. But this this uh, algorithmic social intervention is weaponized AI that curates and censors content to control one's perception and create the behavioral changes that are desired by the state. And it is, as I've, you know, I've long speculated on this, friends, that the Twitter files conclusively proved, but this is precisely, it is precisely the ability of these algorithms to throttle the flow of information, to limit the reach, and to ghost the undesirable content, all without people realizing it. That's the real deception here. I was, I, I've long speculated they're just, you know, they're not just taking down all of the misinformation. Uh, as explained in Torch Report 232, the great manipulation, those who are controlling the flow of information are not censoring all of the information because that would be too obvious. Instead, they are throttling the information that they don't want you to see. It, and, and you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what does not show up in the search results and expand that you know exponentially throughout the whole population. The evil genius of this approach is that it still appears as if dissenting information and counter-narrative news is still out there on the net somewhere. And, and it kind of is, but there is absolutely no way of knowing how many people are not able to access the information. For example, how many people will not know about Tucker Carlson's new show because it's pushed down past the first page or two in the search results? That's just one example. You know, This is how algorithmic social interventions work. If you want to know more about election integrity, well, you know, the AI will make sure that you're fed the state-sanctioned truth first and foremost. And for the majority of people, that's all they'll, they'll ever know. You know, they're going to check the fact checkers. They're going to check the government website. They're never going to get down to the counter-narrative perspective. And thus, emerging public perceptions can now be effectively controlled and behavioral change follows suit because we act on our beliefs. But let's go ahead and zoom out here. Zoop, you know, because this week, friends, is World Immunization Week. This 
World Immunization Week this year, it has a motto, and the motto is the big catch-up. And it posits this urgent need to intensify focus in order to strengthen health systems all around the globe. I put a little screenshot there from their inspiring website. Friends, if you're listening on a podcast platform, please know you just have to go over to thetorchreport.com. Check out thetorchreport.com and you'll see this screenshot. Uh, And it says, this year we must urgently catch up, restore, and strengthen routine immunization. This joint initiative, friends, it draws upon the considerable resources of a wide range of public-private partnerships, including, but not limited to, Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance, UNICEF, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, plus many, many more. Now, to those in the know, if you've been with me for a while, you'll recognize these as the very same players who are in fact directly linked to the eugenics movement and the depopulation agenda. This little known fact that, you know, Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance, Gates Foundation, et cetera, that they're tied to eugenics and depopulation, you know, that's the, that fact, those little known facts are really what expose their true intentions. Central to the big catch-up is <laughs> the big ketchup. I just envisioned a great big bottle of Heinz ketchup. Anyway, the big ketchup. They got to catch up and get more needles in people's arms. You know, the vaccine, the companies aren't making enough money right now. So anyway, central to catching up, they need to overcome the vaccine hesitancy that has been exponentially growing since they first decided to try to force humanity into taking an experimental mRNA injection, this experimental genetic therapy that had no long-term studies and has no proven effect- efficacy and, and has caused you know millions of healthy people to fall over dead and all of that. Now, because of all of that, now there's growing vaccine hesitancy. And so this big push to have every, you know, push a needle in everybody's arm is uh, it, it's put a lot of people off. It's raised a lot of red flags. It's got a lot of people looking into this whole global mass vaccination campaign, including yours truly. And of course, once a curious peasant starts poking around in the literature, a lot of disturbing stuff starts coming to light. Like, oh gosh, you know, they, these vaccines are causing sterilization. These vaccines are causing death. These vaccines are causing autism, all this stuff, which of course is going to be marked as misinformation and all that kind of stuff. Guarantee there's going to be a fact check flag on this report. But I've dug in and reported on this stuff many, many times, friends. I, ha- I, I have to understand to the best of my ability and then share that information so you can develop your own informed perspective. So I'm not asking you to take my word for it, but it's there. And if you're new to the audience, friends, or you just need to refresh, I, I suggest going to the archives and searching for depopulation because that's really the underlying agenda at the root of all this. Lots of reports on that. But for today, I want to focus on squirrels. No, <laughs> butterfly. No, Luke, focus. I want to focus on the so-called infodemic and how this is driving the push for state censorship all around the globe. Because it, I, I don't know how to emphasize state censorship, state-funded censorship, the state controlling the flow of information. That is such a big deal. Everybody should be up in arms about this, but most people aren't. I mean, we've got Democrats out there calling free speech a free-for-all hellscape, so we've come a long ways from sanity, but we still need to push this this infodemic, this immunizes immunization of humanity against misinformation. We need to put that front and center. So uh, 
At any rate, uh, today, as of today, the WHO, the World Health Organization, has trained over 1,300 infodemic managers in at least 142 different countries. And as of, as of today, they report that 95% of nations are now officially tracking health misinformation. Now, think about what that means here. They got 1,300 infodemic managers in 142 different countries, and they're, feed, they're, they're reporting, they're getting feedback. And the feedback is now we're tracking misinformation. And this is where the vaccine hesitancy is coming from. Anybody that says that vaccines are linked to autism or sudden death or anything like that, that that's misinformation. Okay. And of course, if they're tracking health misinformation, that also means that they're tracking all kinds of other misinformation, particularly the online narratives swirling around the U.S. elections. Uh, in early 2023, it was actually in March, the WHO convened a special ethics panel to figure out how to spin this social listening and algorithmic social interventions uh, as a critical component of managing public perceptions ultimately producing guidelines for health authorities to conduct both online and offline data collection analysis and reporting to shape socio-political determinants, period, end quote. Friends, those are their words, not mine, okay? But these infodemic managers, they're being trained on how to use the tools of social listening and then spinning that, uh, and they're, they're doing online, offline data collection, et cetera, and they're using this to shape policy that shapes socio-political determinants. In other words, they're controlling information to control perception, to control voting behavior and political outcomes. That's, you know, in a nutshell, their efforts to manipulate humanity is moving forward at warp speed. It's moving right along, you know. Don't lose sight of the fact that in their twisted minds, this manipulation of the of the public by controlling the flow of information, this is wholly justified. And it is absolutely necessary in order to keep the peasants in line. Nothing poses a greater threat to public health and safety than having a bunch of damn peasants asking too many questions and trying to think for themselves. Hence, the concerted effort to immunize humanity against misinformation, as outlined in uh, the WHO's fifth infodemic management report. Now, I've been spending a lot of time this morning digging into these reports, and I mean, it's fascinating. Friends, you want to know uh, how these people think? Read the report, how they plan on managing information or managing public perception by by addressing the infodemic. The report details their strategies for inserting infodemic management into the overarching public health agenda. So every part of public health policy is now that, you know, our, how should I say that? The, the infodemic management will now be made a part of of all public health policies in order to keep people safe and keep people healthy uh, and to facilitate behavioral change and the uptake of vaccines, they need infodemic management at the local level. They've stated that the infodemic is here to stay. And now they, they're setting this framework for the international control of the flow of information. They, they openly acknowledge the global elites, the global cabal, that it's becoming harder and harder to control the flow of information. 
And that's why they've established this robust framework and this powerful set of tools like the weaponized AI to overcome these obstacles, friends. They are looking ahead. They seek to integrate what they have learned about controlling emerging public perceptions into the overall scheme for global digital governance. It's all, it'll all come together here. Once they can control us all and they control the information, they can control how people see things, they can control how people behave, etc. Interestingly enough, as I was digging into this report, uh, the WHO report cites a Rockefeller-funded initiative that's called the Mercury Project. Oh, I heard she had a Mercury. Laura crazy about a Mercury. I'm going to buy me a Mercury and cruise it up and down the road. All right, sorry, little Alan Jackson just popped up there. No, the, the Mercury Project, uh, funded by the Rockefellers, is named after the Greek god of communication, Mercury. And the Mercury Project essentially aims to make the global cabal the gods of global communication. It has connections. This project has connections to the Aspen Institute and their Commission on Information Disorder. Fascinating there. But it also has connections to the U.S. government's own uh, CISA, the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency. Anyway, the, uh, the project, Mercury Project, aims to increase cost-effective interventions. And what could be more cost-effective than unleashing weaponized AI to conduct social listening and sentinel surveillance and algorithmic social interventions? And all of this is meant to increase the uptake of reliable and accurate information. That is a direct quote, okay? These interventions are meant to increase the, quote, uptake of reliable and accurate information. But their greatest achievement, friends, is this, that the Mercury Project will fund projects based in the United States, Africa, Asia, and Latin America for up to three years, blah, blah. Uh, for the first time, the Mercury Project will connect organizations fighting public health misinformation on five different continents and provide an opportunity to share resources and communicate best practices, period, end quote. Now, the uh, the thought that they are collaborating across five continents, they're connecting organizations that are fighting misinformation, which is another the other way or the proper way to understand that other way of saying it is that they're they're coordinating their efforts to control information on five continents. Great. You know, not surprisingly, they aim to generate research that drives public policy, specifically by mobilizing public-private partnerships that allow governments to use the tech industry to do their dirty work. Friends, if there is any question about the political persuasion of these punks, get this, quote, mis- and disinformation proportionately impacts communities of color and plays out in the context of structural racism and a history of medical abuse and neglect in this country. It feeds off racial tensions and deep-seated socioeconomic anxieties in ways that are harmful to individual health and trust in community institutions. Oh, oh man, this damn racist misinformation. They go on to say, we need to understand how an individual's information ecosystem forms and evolves and what it makes it vulnerable to mis- and disinformation. We need to develop more targeted interventions to counteract mis- and disinformation, and we need better ways to ensure that everyone has access to only state-funded propaganda. <laughs> oh, friends, in a very real way, uh, just like the WHO, Gavi, Gates, and all that, they've you know they've been focusing and successfully created behavioral change to increase the uptake of 
vaccines, the Mercury Project is aiming to increase the uptake of state propaganda by developing community design messages and harnessing influencers and health ambassadors and and all of this kind of stuff. They're targeting misinformation networks to eliminate access to all of that pesky counter narrative perspective, says the who, quote, the right message at the right time from the right messenger through the right medium can save lives. Misinformation or mixed messages can cost lives, period, end quote. Just savor that one for a minute, friends. That's why the WHO just in- initiated a global curriculum for infodemic management. They're going to train policymakers on exactly how to institute state censorship all around the globe, friends. And I must m- point out this uh, global curriculum for infodemic infodemic management it's uh, it ties directly back into the political censorship because in their global curriculum for infodemic management uh they, they connect with the anti-hoax civil society organization mafindo and mafindo in case you didn't know just so happens to have conducted over 282 worldwide misinformation interventions in cahoots by the way these are all political interventions in cahoots with the National Democrat Institute, the International Republican Institute, the International Foundation for Electoral Systems, etc. And they all have direct ties to political upheavals all around the globe, friends. That's why my message is this. If this effort to immunize humanity against misinformation continues to accelerate unchecked, the global cabal will have successfully severed the connection to reality for the majority of the human population. People need to understand what's happening. These initiatives are being used to rebuild trust in corrupt institutions, to steal elections, and to radically increase the uptake of insanity all around the world, and therefore resist we must, friends. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to find that little heart on the website. Click that heart and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday friends and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.